Welcome to Outspoken, a podcast for social change where we talk about current events and how they relate to interpersonal violence and abuse. Outspoken is a project of the Hayes Caldwell Women's Center located in San Marcos, Texas. If you or someone you know has experienced abuse and is seeking support, services, or needs more information, links to resources can be found in our episode description. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the views of their organizations or affiliates. Welcome back to Outspoken, a podcast for social change. I'm Megan. I'm Kiara. And I'm Kirsten. And I want to say welcome, Kirsten. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. I um, went to school at the University of Colorado in Boulder and recently moved back to Texas and was hired on initially as the domestic violence advocate at the shelter and then more recently transitioned roles and I'm now um, the prevention educator. Yeah, well, we are glad you're here. Welcome to the team. We're happy you here. <laughs> Uh, So today's episode is going to have a content warning. We will be discussing sexual harassment and sexual violence. So if that's something you don't want to hear, please just take care of yourself and come join us next time. As some of you may or may not know, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And this year's theme from the National Sexual Violence Resource Center is building safe online communities. This is going to be a two-part episode because we have a lot to discuss. In this first part, we're going to talk about what building safe online communities actually looks like in our everyday lives, right? That's a pretty big concept. And, um, you know, we all use, we're all online, we're all in communities online, whether we really realize it or not. So we're going to talk about how we can make those safer for ourselves and for other people. And uh, yeah, I hope hope that uh, you can take something with you today. How do you want to start? Let's start with a question. I know you have good questions, Kristen. <laughs> yeah. So first off, um, I bet people can relate to at least one of these. So um, have you ever been afraid that a an intimate picture of yourself um, was going to be shared without your consent? Or has your body ever been commented on online or have you ever been afraid to post something out of fear of judgment or criticism from others and that being said what is safe what do we feel is a safe space online Mm. yeah that's that's i mean i know and i hate to say like as a woman but I just I, I can't tell you how many of my friends have experienced some sort of harassment online, whether it be, um, you know, a comment or, um, you know, the fear that an ex or someone might share a photo of you that you that you sent in a moment where you trusted the person and now, you know, you don't anymore. And I've definitely I've seen it with my friends. Like I have a friend who is a body positive influencer online mm-hmm. and to see how many people feel entitled just to make comments about her in her comment section uh it's uncomfortable to see of like she's here trying to build herself and other people up around her and you feel entitled to come here and make her and anybody else who identifies with her feel bad in the comment section and it just it's discouraging and it's just gross honestly i don't like seeing it Mm -hmm. yeah and it's something to say like what you know what gives someone a right to even make a comment about someone else's body i mean that i think and we're going to explore that right but like the, what starts the whole thing is like how does someone even think that that's their place to make a comment in the first place 
I also just in general don't like having my picture taken and then knowing that it's going to get put on the internet makes Mm -hmm. me feel awkward. I think part of it is because maybe it would open me up to like people feeling entitled to make comments. Mm -hmm. Um, And my accounts are private. So usually the comments will be positive because they're coming from my friends. I'd like to think I don't have friends who are going (laughs) to make negative comments about me. Uh, But I can't imagine what it's like to have like a public profile and have people make comments, even with just us writing content and putting Mm -hmm. it online for public consumption we do get some negative comments Mm -hmm. on like articles or other things that we put out there that's not even attached to a picture that are very and it just doesn't feel great to be on the receiving end of that it doesn't feel safe it makes me not want to be present makes me want to be less present on the internet when it should be a place for connection it should and that's i think something that's so terrible too is that Social media specifically is such a is a place where people do feel connected mm-hmm. um, to each other. And so for something to feel like it's one of your few spaces to feel like you have connection to other people, but also it's this place that may be unsafe as well. Mm-hmm. And I know that you would ask the question of like, what is safe? Whenever we say yeah. safe, safe can be relative depending on what somebody's needs and boundaries are Mm -hmm. and the way that somebody else defines safe of um we talked about it while we were planning for this episode like what do we mean when we say safe and I thought of somebody making a physical threat to your safety uh, but it can go beyond somebody actually threatening you it doesn't have to be a threat of violence it can be something that supports violence um like feeling entitled to make a comment about the way that somebody looks because it's out there in the open and public comments are turned on. Mm -hmm. How would y'all define safety or something feeling unsafe online? I think that's, it's so hard to define because I feel like it's so subjective and part of me wants to just be like, Oh, it's the opposite of unsafe. And (laughs) then you're like, well, what's that? And (laughs) you're just like, I don't know. And it's like, I'll, I'll know when I feel it. Right. But I do think like, it is kind of a feeling if you think about like what happens to your body when you feel unsafe well there's a lot of like physical reactions like your heart might start beating faster like you might you know palms might be sweaty or like whatever it is like you there's a feeling you have when you're unsafe and it happens in situations where it's unsafe in the sense of like you feel physically threatened but it also happens in the sense of like maybe someone just said something really insulting to you and it was someone that you trusted and now you're like oh like I don't but it's like that physical sensation kind of feels the same in both circumstances so like for me it's just kind of like a feeling like it's like you know if you feel if you feel safe to be yourself in front of people or not like in your life and and that can be what's scary I think about the online uh, situation is sometimes we like don't like especially if you're going to like in an online group or like whatever it is or just posting something publicly is like you don't know what's gonna happen and um, that in itself can be very nerve-wracking and then if you do get uh you know, someone harassing you, you know, you start getting the, like, I don't feel safe feeling. Like, and it, it, to me, it's the same, whether it's physical or emotional, like you still have that same feeling in the pit of your stomach and in your chest. And I don't know how to describe it other than just the way I feel (laughs) inside. (laughs) And you, I mean, like you said, it is very subjective. It's person to person on what people Mm -hmm. feel, feel is safe for them. And also that when you think that something is safe or a person is safe and you share something with them and then something that is unsafe happens to you Mm -hmm. whether something that you shared gets reshared or reposted and you weren't aware and I think that that can also create something too where you're like oh I I used to feel safe in this space and now I no longer do and how do you 
handle that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and yeah, definitely. And also the more times that's happened to you, I think the the more like the harder it is to, to let your guard down, you know, like the more sure. times you've experienced that, the harder it's going to be to feel safe in general. And it's going to be like up to other people who are like creating that, like it's up to other people to be like empathetic when they're creating spaces for other people to recognize that we all come with like baggage or, you know, we all come with experiences that could have been traumatic when it comes to trusting. So you have to make an effort to not, I mean, I, to not hurt people sometimes. I mean, you know, like you have to, yeah. it's like you can't, it, sometimes not thinking causes pain and causes suffering. So, And all of this uh, is what uh, NSVRC, or as Megan mentioned in the intro, uh, National Sexual Violence Resource Center, when they have that theme of building safe online communities, they're taking this idea of in the question of what is safe and mm-hmm. what is unsafe and, and really having community have like community people think like how do my behaviors online influence people within like online spaces um and we i guess they're specifically talking about sexual preventing sexual harassment sexual violence in these online communities because they're the national sexual violence resource center but the idea of preventing sexual violence online is not much different than preventing it offline. It's trying to do a lot of the same work of changing the social norms that people have or the attitudes that they have about what's okay to do and what's not okay to do or the behaviors that they act towards somebody else. So in an online space that can look like um, somebody making a comment or even a a joke in that if nobody deletes that comment or nobody tries to have a converse like start use it as an opportunity to start a conversation other people could see that comment or that joke that somebody thinks is not that big a deal and it normalizes mm-hmm. um the attitude that maybe it's okay that x y and z happened that um maybe it's not that serious and we spent so much time online, as we had talked about in the introduction, that I would say that especially with the pandemic, I know a lot of us are trying to move out of the pandemic and act like it's not happening anymore, <laughs> even though we know that it's still very much happening in many communities. But because we spend so much time online, I would even argue that a lot of this work is even more important to do online and while these conversations are important to have online because you can't outrun things online as we know that you can say something or post a picture online and people say that it exists on the internet forever mm-hmm. um so we don't want um to have something exist on the internet and then not have it be challenged or changed that if something's harmful we want to try to add to that sort of what's being documented on the internet as moving towards something that's good instead of just staying in a space that's going to be harmful for people, yeah. um, especially with social media. Mm-hmm. And that's such a good point, too, about how it's like how it's how quickly things can be normalized, especially with how fast paced social media moves and things like that. Like, it's almost like things can happen so quickly that we start normalizing behaviors before people really have a chance to sit and like analyze what's going on or like or or uh normalizing like a trend like i'm trying to think offhand like things we've seen online like you know like in uh celebrity breakups or you know just anything that like where people are doing these things that are problematic but it's almost like we don't see it because we're just like oh that's just part of the show that's just part of the 
the drama or like or we just like you know meme it and then forget about it instead of and we're and it happens too fast to a point where it's like we actually should be stepping back and say wait a minute like this is toxic if this is an extension of like ourselves like this is not like how humans should be interacting (laughs) or like this is not how we should be treating one another if this was my like friend would i have a problem with this you know definitely Um, but because it's online people don't see it that way sorry (laughs) no i i in addition to what you were saying, I think another problem too is how oftentimes things will be or things will be portrayed as a joke, or people yeah. will accept something as a joke, even mm-hmm. a heart like a harmful trend. Um, specifically on TikTok, I know that's a huge platform, especially for um, younger people, and I feel like you know, like you said, trends can catch on so quickly before mm-hmm. people even have a second to even register what's going on and i i know there have been several even recent harmful trends with specifically um guys like posting videos and talking about how they're going to um harm women and it's been portrayed as a a joke and and when people try to Mm -hmm. you know call it out or report it people will respond and say hey he's just joking and Mm -hmm. and trying to normalize this type of type of you know talk or rhetoric so yeah i have uh like on the topic of you know like online uh, since we do spend time with youth and you know talk to high school uh students i have a high school volunteer that recently shared with me that that's something that she sees on snapchat um also is harassment happening and that i think the idea like that it disappears they think that it's just going to be this quick thing that disappears and there's not really any consequences but so what ends up happening is they'll share um non-consent you know pictures of people who didn't consent like maybe like taking pictures of um people's like butts and sending it without them knowing it or you know like um whatever it is but they think like oh i'll just send it real quick in like a group chat on snapchat or whatever and and then that's it and i get away with it but without really understanding that not only is that harmful to the people involved but that's also could very much still be screenshotted and saved um and still be there permanently yeah and on top of that too people will share you know consensually like a picture of themselves with one individual mm-hmm. not knowing that that person has the intention to turn around and share it with their with their friends with their buddies or you know potentially even more people than that because yeah like you said it can be saved in chat and it can be screenshotted mm-hmm. and it really and it's like and it's one of those things where it's on all of us to say something and in those situations it's not like a matter of an app or a necessarily that's going to prevent that from happening it's us that's going to prevent that from it's, it's someone in that group being like hey dude like no we don't do that and this is why and that's not cool like that's how we can stop normalizing this and stop um you know just thinking it's some fun thing to do or laugh at um it's it takes one person to say like hey that's not cool that's not okay yeah, yeah. i would say the internet even because we've talked about how sometimes we're, I don't even remember if we brought it up when we started this episode or if this is when we were planning the episode, mm-hmm. but we talked about how the internet sometimes can be a place where people feel empowered to say something negative because mm-hmm. they forget or it's easy to not see the humanity in the person on the other side of the comment. But I feel like the internet can also be helpful in the way that um, 
this comment is there and you can always make a comment on it. It's not like in person where somebody makes like a sexist joke or a harmful joke and you don't think it's funny. Mm -hmm. And then your time has passed to say something and you feel awkward commenting on it. Mm -hmm. If you are online though, and you see a comment, even if it got commented two days ago, you can still post and be like, hey, this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. Or it's not cool that you said this. And imagine like that's impactful for other people too. So like, you don't even you don't even know how far how much reach something you post might have on social media. So someone might you know, and that's the thing. That's usually the defense. We're like, oh well, I was just joking or whatever in the first place. But like you post that. Um, I mean, we know the statistics of like who's experienced sexual assault and how common that is. So it's like very likely someone who you know or who knows you could be offended or could have um, could like just be or just could you know be offended or just feel like terrible when they read that and uh and if no one challenges it then it like kind of permeates this idea that like oh that's like how society thinks or like that's how every person who associates with this person thinks and sometimes when you see that it's very disheartening but then when you see someone like come in and comment and be like hey no that's not right it's like redeeming for humanity you're just like oh okay the world there are people in the world who will like stand up for what's right yeah I'm so glad you said that that reminds me of um not too long ago I had not even I wouldn't even necessarily say that we were friends back in the day but she's still like an acquaintance on social media and um she shared openly about you know some abuse that she had experienced Mm -hmm. um in her past as a child and Someone who I didn't know responded and was saying, you know, some pretty awful things. I won't get into details about it, but some pretty awful things in response. And it it was really awful to read. I just, I didn't know the relationship between those two people. But to see her be vulnerable about something that, you know, expressing an experience where she was harmed and to have somebody then come in and attack her or blame her um, for her experience or, or even say that, you know, yeah, it goes so far as to say it was her fault and she was the one that was causing harm. And so I did end up saying something to that person just because it just didn't feel like it didn't feel right what he what he was saying to her. Mm-hmm. And so I just <clears throat> I did go in and, and make a comment that, you know, kind of defending her in a way and that she has, you know, the right to express if she's been harmed and um, to show some empathy to that. And I I wasn't really sure how it was going to be received. And I was actually concerned that I may have overstepped into like, you know, maybe that was a family member or something. Mm -hmm. She did privately message me and she thanked me for saying something um, Mm -hmm. because it was such a horrible traumatic experience Mm -hmm. for her and having people come and attack her was really awful. Mm -hmm. She never took part in the conversation publicly. She never responded to him, but she did thank me privately and and he did lash out at me too but again that says a lot more about what's going on in his life than Mm -hmm. it does anything else but I think to your point though it it really does matter what you say it really matters how you respond to people and when you step in or say something or call out something that is harmful and not okay yeah which I think is such a great example of a way that we can help create online, like safer spaces online for other people. Because when we talk about intervening, uh, we have a lot of conversations out in the community about bystander intervention and the different ways that we can get involved in intervening if we see 
harm happening to somebody else, whether it's in person in front of our face or it's in front of our face online or Mm -hmm. like on our phone or on our laptop or whatever. And I think sometimes people forget that even just checking in with a person that's on the receiving end of like the harassing or harmful behavior and just like being like, hey, is there anything I can do to help you? I just want you to know that I saw what happened and I didn't think it was okay. That that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel like I don't know what to do because I don't feel safe jumping in. Mm -hmm. I don't want this person to then turn on me, which is a really valid feeling to have, right? It really is, yeah. um, So, yeah, I love that you even checked in. I think, yeah, because so many of us forget that that's an option and that it can go a really long way. Yeah. And like you said, I like what you said, too. You can even ask them and say, like, hey, is this okay? Is it okay that I say something to you? And and asking that, that permission from them. Um, checking and seeing how they're feeling about how that person responded because there's so much there's so much that goes on online where people feel like they can comment or respond to things that they wouldn't say to that person's face if given the opportunity so it's kind of dehumanizes that person a little bit it's dehumanizing and you can just have you're hiding behind the screen and can say whatever comes to your mind Mm -hmm. and it's on all of us to be the change in the world like I know that's a very cliche thing to say and I hate hate, as it came out of my mouth I was like I hate how cliche this is but but it's true yeah I mean nothing changes if nothing changes exactly and if you're trying to like if you want to be a part of the movement for preventing sexual violence and um sometimes it's going to get awkward and be uncomfortable and sometimes um you might not know what to do but that's okay and you know like Kiara and Kirsten just said like even just being the person that's like comes around later or privately messages them and is like I see you all on your side that is uh that's part of uh social change like that's part of like because if you think about you know we used to not even that long ago like in my mother's lifetime you know people didn't talk about domestic violence we didn't talk about there wasn't you know I we, yeah. we did a movie series last summer and we saw a popular 80s movie where I mean there wasn't even a word for like rape you know so there's um there's a lot to just recognize something is happening and that is part of social change too it's just being able to see it and call it what it is and be like i'm here and i i I don't have the answer to solve it but i see it and it's wrong and i don't agree with it yeah yeah letting people know they're not alone exactly yeah exactly something else that i thought of that i've seen uh almost as like an indirect way of creating a safer space for other people online, or at least like intervening is if one person is saying a lot of really harmful or negative things on a post. Sometimes I've seen people like screenshot it and then post it in like their stories on Instagram or whatever and say, go to this comment and just leave a lot of like supportive, loving messages Mm -hmm. for the other person. So it's like trying to drown out the person who's Mm -hmm. leaving all of the negative comments just so you can see more of the positive, especially if you're like, I don't want to have an argument with this person because we know that sometimes like Facebook comments Mm -hmm. or Instagram comments or whatever, it's not worth trying to change the mind of this person we know that like social change doesn't always happen in the facebook comment section (laughs) but we can at least try to drown out the negativity that's happening instead yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. yeah and and then just to make an effort like in your own actions online like like i said earlier um it's something you have like you kind of you can be 
through not thinking you can cause harm so in order if you're if you're wanting to be proactive in creating spaces um or you know if you want to be proactive in contributing to a safe online space i guess i should say um you know you can do things like you know if you're gonna post something that's triggering like have a content warning on it that says you know like what is the trigger here and provide people an opportunity to scroll away um you know that's yeah. uh, you know instead of just shoving it in someone's feed and making them look at something like i wish there was content warnings on things like uh like pimple popping videos and stuff like that like i don't want to see that <laughs> oh like, my I, God. I get so yes. angry when i see those like, i just like it's so gross so like everyone has their thing you know but um but a way you can spiders for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. i don't know how many giant spiders from australia i've seen without my consent oh man yes <laughs> so i mean but it's like these are you just need it's like you can we can all do it but it, it it does require a little bit of proactiveness i think that when we don't think is when we can is when harm can be caused and you know asking someone before you share their photo online uh, or tagging like if you you know tagging everyone some not everyone has the same you know desire to be online and maybe there's a reason that they don't want to be online so always asking you know practicing digital everyday consent is another way that we can all be proactive and providing safer online communities yeah. in my opinion. And accepting whatever the reason it doesn't have to be like a safety issue. Totally. Like I don't want it online. Totally. You have to accept that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like my hair looks bad <laughs> in that one. Yeah. I don't feel confident <laughs> about this picture. Um or I just don't want to have Or my I'm making a weird internet. face. That's usually what I'm doing in photos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, another thing I've seen, um, which yeah, I know I, I could actually was going to say local, uh, local, uh, like Facebook groups, you see, you can see a lot of, uh, I was like a lot of, of negative comments and a lot of rude comments and it, they can get really ugly really fast. But I, I will say that yeah. like the common thing you do see is there's often some sort of community agreement, uh, that says to not, you know, harass and things like that. And it comes down to like, you know, if you are going to take on the responsibility to admin a group like that, then that's uh, something that you should have is, you know, agreements and then actually monitor and stick to those agreements for your, the sake of the people who are participating. Because otherwise it, it will become a space of uh, harassment very quickly if people are getting away with it and we're not um you know again like creating agreements and being proactive beforehand yeah holding people accountable mm -hmm. that you can't just go out and say whatever you want and think that nobody can say anything because it's the internet the internet is not some wild wild west place sometimes it feels that way mm -hmm. but like you can't just like fire something off into the internet even though it feels like a void sometime and think that there's not going to be any consequences that come from it. Absolutely. Exactly. Like reporting, mm -hmm. uh, which I don't always know how well things go when you report stuff on social media, because I'm sure they get a ton of reports. But it is one of the ways that you can at least try to hold the account itself, like the not the account, but like the hosting site, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything owned by Mark Zuckerberg, you can hold, <laughs> hold them accountable for what's happening on their platform. Um, or I've even seen people like say it's like a creator and they've got um, 
a business online and somebody's making a duplicate account of them and they'll screenshot and be like, hey, can you go report this for me? Or I've seen on like TikTok, people will say, hey, my account got disabled. Can you go and like submit something to say that this shouldn't happen to me? So there's a lot of power in numbers. I guess all of that is to say that um, if you want to have something reported, maybe you can ask some other people to help you in reporting it so it doesn't mm. get drowned out in mm-hmm. all of the reports that they receive. That's a good point. It's always on all of us, right? Like it's all—it's it, never just like, oh, I'm going to click this report button. It's like, no, we need like a, a group of people who can come together and all say this is right, this is wrong, and report it. <laughs> or at, least it feels, at least it feels that way sometimes. Yeah, it's a good example <laughs> of like social change can be instigated by one person, but like mm-hmm. if more people get involved, then maybe that's how like the change follows through. Yeah. Definitely. Well, what if like I'm in a situation online and. You know, it's just like, how can I, you can't, the, 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 I think the problem is, is like, you can't necessarily count on an online space being safe. So like, what can a person do to protect themselves or at least to like keep their own? Like, I mean, like, it doesn't, you know, like you should still be allowed to exist online, even if uh, you can't, even though it's unpredictable. Right. So like, how can we create that space for ourselves? What do y'all think? Yeah. It's under first understanding like our own boundaries and what makes us feel safe and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as far as like, you know, if there's a certain person or certain people or group of people that you don't feel like are safe people or in the past have not not been safe or have used harsh words or harmful words, um, you know, blocking those people, blocking those accounts, Mm -hmm. keeping making your account private. So, you know, not everyone has access to it um, because everyone deserves to have to feel safe and to have those boundaries and to show that you know that kindness and respect to yourself um i'm a huge fan of the unfollow (laughs) unfollow button i'm like i'm like "Mm, these posts kill my vibe i don't yeah (laughs) Yeah. unfollow block whatever i need to create that environment and i i know some people are concerned with like you know if I block this person, you know, they might be offended or get upset with me. I have actually found out that you can very discreetly go in and have another person unfollow you um, and it doesn't mm-hmm. notify them. So that's another way, too, if you don't want to mm. go into the blocking thing. And, you know, I know some people are afraid of offending. So mm-hmm. if that's it's more of a discreet way to just have that person not have access to you, your life, the things that you share. Yeah, that's smart. It is. Or you can, something that I've learned um, and have utilized is finding additional apps or like add-ons for either your phone or for your computer to block certain keywords that Mm. if something's coming up in the news or you're Mm. on YouTube and you don't want to get certain kinds of videos, Mm, um, it'll block those keywords so it doesn't come up in your search, which is nice. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Do you know, not to put you on the spot, do you know of any of like the apps or is there like a Chrome extension or? There's a Chrome okay. extension and I don't remember which one that I use, but it helps me to block mm-hmm. keywords of like things I don't want to see on YouTube. It's not relevant to this conversation. Okay. There's YouTube has this thing that just really, they love to suggest videos that I think is like gross. Mm. Um <laughs> And just makes my skin crawl. And I'm like, I'm not trying to expose myself to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, there's forums online. I think that's where I found the app was mm-hmm. there was lots of people online like this is happening to me on YouTube and I don't know what to do about it. And then it ended up being somebody suggesting use this add-on to block keywords. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. It was a 
I guess, yeah, people coming together be like, I want to feel better online. What can yeah, I do? And that's people good to found know. a solution together. Yeah. That's really good to know. Like, just like keeping healthy boundaries for yourself and your in the same way we have to do that in our personal lives. Uh, I think, sure. you know, we need to do that or, you know, it's good to do that in your online too. It's, uh, I think I was saying this when we were planning earlier, but it's in 2022, uh, online spaces are really just an extension of ourselves where it's just become another way that we communicate, another way that we connect. And, and there, the downfall can be sometimes that because of the screen, there can be that like nastiness that comes with people thinking they're anonymous or like that disconnection that we lose a little bit of humanity. But we really need to start looking at how we communicate in line, online and how we exist in the online space as just an extension of how we exist together in the world already because it really is and there shouldn't be much of a difference as far as like how our humanity is with one another online versus in person we're only going to be spending as 2020 21 and 22 has shown us we are only going to be spending yeah. more time with each other communicating in online spaces and online um you know so we really got to get over this whole like you know, lack of humanity when we interact with one another and start proactively trying to change uh, our interactions because they are leading to a culture of violence. They're leading to a culture of violence online and they're, you know, or or they're contributing to it online and they're continuing to contribute it to in person. And, And the problem is, is people see some of these actions happening online and then it gives them the... It, it, it gives them like it, it, it almost empowers them to think that they can do it in person and that's how we get that sure um, yeah. you know that's how we get violence in person and it, and, it, and it's all in how we're interacting socially with each other whether it be online or in person because it's all one and the same these days really <laughs> yeah and it feels like uh it's a disservice to future generations mm-hmm. as well if we don't try to change what's happening yeah. online because we're we are now in the place where there are, of course, generations being born where social media and the internet has always existed for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would mm-hmm. say that, like, I I want to say that all of us are millennials. Um, and there was a time where maybe we didn't get this until high school or middle school. Mm-hmm. But Gen Z and Gen Alpha and all the generations that come after them, this is it's not going to always be an option for them to not mm-hmm. be on the internet. So we got to create healthy environments online for them as well we got to normalize it because and now with, it's not going away absolutely i th- i want to add too that mm-hmm. you know how we treat other people the the compassion the respect the kindness um that we show other people is a reflection of how we're doing ourselves and so i think you know being aware of that being cognizant that you know it's important to have compassion and kindness for yourself first and taking care of yourself is is really important and so you know it's it's hard to extend that type of that type of um feeling and, and empathy for other people if we don't first have that for ourselves so absolutely it's a really good thing so, to end so on. true i so love true. that <laughs> and i yeah i was gonna say on that note we're gonna end this episode with our self-compassion break and then we're gonna do a part two um next time uh so i guess um in the meantime, speak up, speak out, and be outspoken. The self-compassion tip for this episode is to show yourself compassion in times when you see something harmful happen online and you want to intervene, but you don't. 
Maybe you see an argument in the comment section on Instagram, or you see someone make a rude or harassing comment in the chat in an online meeting. Perhaps you wanna say something, but you aren't sure what to say, or you're afraid that the person causing harm will turn their attention towards you. There are times when we wanna intervene and support another person online, or shut down harmful comments and actions when we witness them, but it isn't always safe to do so. Or we may not be sure what to do. In these times, you may feel guilty, sad, frustrated, or another emotion. Many other people have been there too. If you're hard on yourself for wanting to help, but find yourself in a situation where you can't, or you aren't sure what to do, remember that it doesn't make you a bad person. Bystander intervention isn't about being perfect. It's about helping when we can in the ways that we can. Check back for part two of this episode.